0: Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast at asheville Buncombe Technical Community College in Asheville, North Carolina. That is a mouthful. With me today is a filtration expert, Stephen Daniels. Stephen? Yes. Talk to me. What is the newest, most exciting thing? People are going to be like, filtration? What You guys have innovated a ton of stuff over at Filtrox. And you shared with uh, the last time you were here, we actually, we tried to record a podcast and I uh, I didn't realize this setup wasn't working. We had some some snafus There were gremlins in the system, uh, perhaps ghosts, something, I don't know. But uh, you had told me at that time that you guys have a filtration media that can remove TCA.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's called our uh, Tri-X TCA, yeah, TXR pads.
0: So, so what and it's, TCA is for folks...
1: Try chloroanisole, try bromine, yeah, yeah, it's what we consider, you know, the classic cork tank. And a lot of times, say, like, well, yeah, you, you know, we, you know, people, with, you know, the cork manufacturers have gone through measures to prevent, you know, cork, but it can actually get into barrels, it can get into tanks. I mean, it could be you're in an old facility and you know, old cleaning material, you know, things that were used in the past, chlorinated products, things like that. And once it's there, it's extremely hard to get rid of. And and in the very small amounts, it can just completely wreck your beverage whether that's it, wine it can we've seen it. spirits i mean it's you know and, and it just destroys everything you get that boxy
0: the, oh it's just, it's musty, just nasty musty, musty basement it's just ugh. it like moldy dirty like old basement is what it always tastes like to me mm-hmm. and you you nailed it chlorinated free chlorine uh, floor free chlorine radicals get into Uh, even your drains in places that have wood or the the bacteria that live in the drains will take that uh, and combine it with a phenol that they just naturally produce in their bio uh, metabolism. And it produces TCA that is airborne. And at uh, I believe it's five parts per billion Mm -hmm. or even less can be discernible in, in flavors. And it's interesting to me uh, to, when I, when I start talking to people specifically in the wine or distillery industry, it's like, don't use anything with, Free radical chlorine. Don't use bleach. Yeah, Like, we've been cleaning with bleach for a long time. I was like, if you have barrels here, you have that bacteria. That can work in your way into your product overnight. Yep. Because the flavor threshold is so small, and it's it's terrible. It is.
1: Absolutely and terrible. And
0: so, you guys figured out a way to clean it up, which is brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah,
1: Filtrox, you know, we've been doing, you know, filtration for beverage filtration for 80 plus years way way
0: before you and i were here
1: yeah way before me way before me okay not 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 as long as i'd like to say but (laughs) a few years before me at least we both started in this industry at five let's go with that (laughs) that's how our parents put up with us right yeah uh (laughs) get to get to work yeah So, so yeah. So, and, and one of our folks is, you know, when it comes to filter, filter media is depth media. And so with depth media, if you're not familiar with it, I mean, you've seen it if, you know, small beverage facilities and the sheet filters, lenticulars, but it's a, you know, it's three, four millimeter thick, you know, cellulose based product. What's great about this product is you can incorporate things into it when you're processing it. So in this case, we have this um, added ingredient, special you know ingredient that we add, which is the top, TXR. Top, 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 secret, top secret formula number seven. Yep, yep yeah. exactly. So they formulated in their little chemistry lab, right? Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, it's, you know, when you incorporate it to the media, and so as you do just basically just a standard, you know, if it's wine, you would do it, you know, post, you know, a sterile kind of anomaly sterile wine filtration and then it's just it's very, very specific to just capturing kind of that lock and key, you know, you know, you know, reaction to where it just captures that TBA whereas and it doesn't affect all of those, you know, desirable aromas and things that you do want.
0: People just way smarter than me figuring out how to capture that stuff. That's amazing.
1: So, so it's 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 a really cool product. And, and and I mean, if you're talking a about, I mean, you know, so yeah, I mean, you take essentially a product that, you know, it could be a very high-end product that, you know, it doesn't matter. If it's got TCA, you don't know what's going on
0: because all you get is that
1: dank, musty, it, moldy smell, you know. And it it's not,
0: overpowers everything. Yeah. And it's such a small amount.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's actually the product that first. Got me to take notice of Phil trucks. I was I was doing a wine program, yeah. um, over on the west coast, and that was you know basically the guys you know uh, yeah, they, you know guy named Marcus Sauer and and and, and, a, and a girl Corinne, looking and her, she they came in and did this demo, and it was just shocking. You went from this tainted product to this wow, it's a wine
0: and it's really <laughs> I, nice. I can, so so your background is is from the wine industry. Uh, I, I worked as a winemaker for seven plus years. And so, then you left that to work with Filtrox. Yes. Done that for uh, six-ish years. But then you had left briefly and then came back to Filtrox as well, right? I did. I did. I left for a couple of
1: years. um, The pandemic happened. And then, uh, you know, I actually was doing some other things for... uh, I started working again with Filtrox, helping them on their financial end. Okay. uh, Doing, you know, financials and things like that. I, I liked... I have I have a weird likes I I I like numbers but I also like you know wine and processing and all that sure sure but um but anyway so then I eventually came back on and yeah
0: so I think people I think filter sheets one and filter presses get a bad rap yes uh, I when I my first brewing gig we had a filter press it it worked great um, it was there was there's a learning curve with everything yes let's be honest there is a learning curve with everything but by the time we were. Uh, you know, a couple of years into using this filter, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have this hazy, murky, milk chocolatey uh, stout going through, and it was just brilliantly clear afterwards, even if you were just polish filtering it. Um, I think where people are getting confused about or uh, misinformed is if they're used incorrectly, things can happen. But if they're used correctly, they yep. can make the job and filter <laughs> just about anything.
1: Yeah, it's it's you have so many different porosities to choose from. Depending on you can you can be very stylistic in the way you use it, but I mean yeah, the 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 negative rep is I mean a lot of folks. Yeah, you know, yeah, they have an old piece of equipment. They don't replace the gaskets. They don't clean the spindle. They don't. They just don't follow certain things that you should do with any piece of equipment. And eventually, you start getting less and less. The compression isn't as good, and so you might have heavier losses and things like that. But on a well-maintained, a well, you know, constructed, you know, sheet filter, you're going to have very, very small loss.
0: Uh, very it, small. It, like people it, don't realize there's. It's a simple machine. Mm-hmm. It really is a simple piece of equipment. It still needs maintenance. Yeah, you still have to replace the gaskets. You still have to. There's an Acme thread that needs to be uh, taken care of, and there. Yeah, it, the simpler a machine is, doesn't mean it does needs less maintenance. Yeah,
1: and and it's actually a very kind of you know when you start thinking in terms of green technologies and stuff like that. I mean, I mean you can run the thing on gravity. Yeah, I mean that's the thing when you start thinking. You know, there's there's a lot of other you know options for filtration out there, um, and depending on size and everything, some of those are, you know you know. Do well in their own. Some of them work great with depth media filtration. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a great technology. I mean there's a reason why it's been around a while. So, so.
0: when you see something hazy, does it make you go crazy?
1: Uh when I see something hazy, I, I like a queer product. I okay. like a brilliant okay. product. You know, I mean that's it's you know, but if you really want a hazy product, I mean we have we have depth media that you can still have a hazy product. Could, but, but at least you can have a consistently dead. hazy oh, product. Thank you. And then maybe you could have like a better haze stability. So instead of everything just falling out, you take out some of those long chain kind of molecules and things. You so, just... so
0: the haze is more stable. It's not going to fall out as fast. Yes. And I think that people need to realize for consistency in, a, in, in the pint from start to finish of a keg or if you're out of a serving tank or whatever it is. Yeah you may need to remove some of that because it's going to stick together. Those clumps are going to continue to get bigger mm-hmm. and it's going to clarify on its own if you give it time.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And so if you strip some of these things out that you're talking about, you can make the short chain polyphenols and the short chain proteins uh, come together to make this chill haze and it can be pretty stable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's consistent. Yeah,
1: and it's and, and
0: stable. I mean, that's another thing. I mean,
1: you know, if you're selling you you, use brewery is the classic example because i mean a lot of folks these days obviously you have the hazy ipas hazy everything we just had a a hazy pilsner recently and was not very happy to to get that (laughs) that's not Uh, that's that's not not a pilsner yes it's not a pilsner but uh but you know so you have these you you have these options you know and it's yeah
0: (laughs) it's silly to think that well it's almost a bit counterintuitive for some folks like i want to strip things out to keep my haze better yes Yes. Mm-hmm. Removing some of the stuff that's going to cause more problems down the road is going to, whether it's a can, bottle or keg product is going to help. Yeah. And that's when we get to a little segment called booze clues, mm-hmm. which I have poured you a sample of something. And actually you're going to be the first time guests, uh, guests with two separate samples today. And so I want to start out with this, uh, dark, deep garnet color. And I know you've been around wine mm-hmm. and I know you've been around beer, so I Wanted to throw you a curveball at first with this one, because it is, uh, I mean, you look at it, you're thinking wine right off the top of your head, I hope, because of the color. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a, a deep garnet. There's a kind of a, I don't know how to describe almost it. It's like an aged kind of bourbon look yeah, to well, it. You know almost what I mean? like it's a fortified get, wine kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like an oxidized fortified wine. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Madeira or a Marsala or even yeah. a, a Port at that point. But this is a, a very interesting, unique uh, product out of Arizona that we were lucky enough to taste in class the other day. Uh, go ahead and smell it, see what you smell and taste, and describe what you what you got in the nose. Hmm.
1: It's very honeyed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is actually a clue to what it is. Uh, which is funny that you said honeyed because uh, it isn't kind of a it's it's not a wine technically uh, it's something called a piment and a piment is a mead base so it has to be at least 51% fermentable sugars coming from honey mm. and then the rest is uh, grapes so yeah. it's grape must they ferment it uh, a lot of uh, some places will ferment it separately and blend it together some place you know they'll put everything together and and, and ferment it that way so it'll have a kind of a mead backbone yeah. which is really interesting in this a uh, particular beverage but it also has some of the fruity terroir of the grapes yeah, so I mean, it's you've
1: got that berry fruit into yeah. it and everything it's there
0: but it's uh. also and then it's you can get some of the oak as well because it's been aged in oak barrels so it's it's a really really unique mead from um superstition meadery out of hmm. uh arizona um and it's there's a lot of there's a lot of smells going on. I'm not going to lie to you there. Yeah. But once you get the taste, you're going to get some of that um some of that honey. I don't think it's overly sweet. The honey kind of balances out some of the dryness and and tannic of the barrel. It actually finishes much drier like, than it has on the palate.
1: No, it's a smooth finish. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting, mm-hmm. right?
0: It's a unique. You do I still get some of that Fortified wine, almost like oxidized uh maybe some port or almost like a sherry note mm-hmm. to it the port,
1: yeah I, I get that yeah,
0: um so it's 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 really unique. I thought you coming from a wine background, I don't know if you'd like this or not, um you know, wine I pierced, see. I don't know if they would or not it was just it's just an interesting there's a lot of really interesting flavors that happen in here, mmm.
1: I could sip this in the evening. Yeah, it's a sipper. Yeah, no, no, it's it's, not a gulper. No, and
0: (laughs) I, I think it would pair well with a lot of interesting things. Yeah, Uh, pork. If you're talking a main course, or uh, it could really go well with a a piece of chocolate cake at the end of dinner. I think that there is. Yeah, but they've released over two different style or two hundred different styles of mead. Wow, Uh, and they get very very creative with the base material and some of the things that they have. I'm. Uh, I don't know. We were just. We were excited to taste it in class uh, the other day, and I thought I'd share uh, share that with you. And then the next one up is uh, something completely different <laughs> than mead. Um, this is uh, something unique to uh, to myself because a student found this from me after I gave a lecture on uh, on this particular style of product. And uh, some people get confused, and so I'd like to educate folks right now by saying. This particular product, if you have a guess of what it is, can be made all over the United States of America. <laughs> uh, so what do you think this is? It's a deep golden yellow in color. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you swirl it around in the glass. It has some legs. Yeah. Um, they uh, they cascade down the side of the glass at a pretty, a pretty good clip, and there's quite a few of them. So it gives you an idea of a little bit of viscosity and certainly that there's going to be. Uh, much more alcohol in this uh, this particular. Yes, it's warm. Yeah, <laughs> on the nose for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: But no, so I guess we're talking about a like a bourbon or a yeah, uh, nailed you know, it. whiskey, one hundred percent.
0: And so people get confused, like they all think bourbon it comes from Kentucky. Well, in the United States, bourbon can be made everywhere, anywhere in the United States. Uh, and so this one, ironically, comes from Maryland. Nice. And uh, this is uh, a bourbon that a, a student had tracked down after they it's matchstick. It's a straight bourbon, uh, so it's been aged. I, it's been if it says straight bourbon, it's been aged at least two years in a barrel. I believe this is four and a half or something along those lines. Okay, I was really interested to uh, to try this, and I thought they did such a brilliant job with this bourbon um, because of all the flavors they were able to coax out in that region. It was just,
1: it's got this really pronounced mm-hmm. kind of like orange zest kind mm-hmm. of nose. It's very very pleasant on the it's mm-hmm.
0: And this is at. Um, Forty five percent, so just a little bit. But there is uh you get the oak, you get um some of the coconut and vanilla from from the barrel. You get a lot of really beautiful flavor. Uh there is some heat to it, of course, at forty five percent, but it doesn't I mean mm-hmm. it's a very cleansing, it's it's very um I don't know, I don't get the burn. No, it's nice get linger
1: and kind of spicy, but it's yeah. not a burn. It's a no, almost you
0: know. like a, a peppery heat. Mm-hmm like a black pepper heat, Um, but I wouldn't say it's like an ethanol burn. I was really... I I don't know. I got kind of excited about this bourbon, and I just thought it was... I was excited because it was from Maryland. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I will drink all the Kentucky bourbons because I I don't want to discriminate, but I was excited to see more people getting into being able to label their product uh, you know, bourbon. And I know there's a couple out there from all over the country, but it's just... Maryland was the last place I would have put a, a pin in the map saying that there was, you know, just phenomenal bourbon being produced there.
1: Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's well-made, well-balanced. It, well, and it's be- and beautifully it's beautiful, filtered, beautifully right? Beautifully right? <laughs> filtered. I mean, look at that brilliance. It's shiny. <laughs> you can see right through it, folks.
0: <laughs> so what's next in the, uh, the filtration world? I know you guys have some top secret stuff that we're not going to talk about because the first rule of Filtration Club is you don't talk about Filtration Club. Yeah, yeah. So always innovation, always things going to be happening and going on. Um, and if people are using, how are they going to get a hold of you in particular if they need help with filtration?
1: They could always, um, you know, go to our website, you know, www.filtrucks.com. I mean, me personally, I'm located here in, you know, beautiful uh, Western North Carolina, town of Brevard. So, yeah. uh, but you can always find, you know, you know, find me on the website, you know, reach but, out to you. you sure. Know, yeah. No, I,
0: I, I, yeah, I'd be happy to, uh, your name along if people are having some filtration issues and you guys have lots of solutions for lots of problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do, I mean, we've been busy, you know, a lot of what we've been doing lately is a lot of carbon filtration because we yeah. can incorporate carbon into our same media. So, uh, you know, whether it's making a, a really good seltzer base, you know, I mean, that's. You know, there's there's those needs there. I mean, there's well, obviously...
0: How, how Do you think that's going away or do you think that's going to be around for a while? I know it's it's peaked. and It's
1: kind of, you know... I, I, but so I, I, I but get, will it be here a while? I think it's still going to be a, a segment
0: that hangs around a while. I, I don't... I, they say it's peaked. But I think that they look at like the four or five really large brands. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's making one. So I don't know if sales have really gone all that down... They probably have for some of the larger brands from some of the original uh, original folks that are out there. But, I mean, there's a lot of breweries around here in Asheville, North Carolina, making a seltzer now. Yeah. Probably taking away from some of the big players in the game. So I don't know if it's really down all that much. Now, I see it more of a springtime, summertime, maybe early fall drink as well. Yeah. Just because seasonal, of the yeah. Yeah, refreshing yep. nature of it. So I don't know. I'm curious to see that coming through and you guys can provide help specifically with even the smaller guys and gals that are out there trying to make seltzer by getting that base, that neutral base, uh, much more readily through filtration.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of folks think, well, I mean, you know, from using a sucrose, you know, dextrose kind of sugar base. Why do I, I'm not worried about color, but it's, it's so often, it's not about color. It's about odor. It's about those fermentation characteristics it's and things that So those byproducts that, they do interfere with that that finished product when you start adding flavorings and all that. So, I mean, you know, the folks that have you know that we've seen using carbon in that step, and I know it's an added step, have have seen some 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 great popular- popularity popularity with their products. Well, and I it mean, gets it's back it's, to
0: consistency. Yeah, if you can it is. make that consistent, ba- even if you're making like one giant base and flavoring it with a bunch of stuff, you're going to have less uh, of those chemicals in your flavoring being mm-hmm. balanced out with, with whatever the byproduct of the yeast metabolism is. Yep. And some of those things on the yeast metabolism side are, you know, the flavor threshold on that stuff is very low, as you very well know. And if you can remove some of that stuff and have this consistent neutral base, yep. you really can, you know, w- add whatever kind of flavorings or creativity. It's still kind of a palette to paint with. Yeah, absolutely. What f- I, I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, and I know you've tried so- some of these seltzers, um, do you think some flavors play better than others in those? Because it's always up to the personal, like, I love mangoes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just like the flavor of mangoes. I like stuff with mango in it. Yeah. And so when I have something like that particular offering or that particular fruit, I tend to gravitate towards that more.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's not necessarily, I mean, I like more of a, a subtle flavor and, you know, keep it natural, the flavorings and all that and keep it. I don't like to be overwhelmed and I don't want to to get that kind of almost candied kind of, you know, candy.
0: Medicinal. Medicinal. Artificially, like, blue raspberry is not a natural fruit. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if people are aware, blue raspberry is something. But you
1: say mango, I mean, peach, you know. Yeah. You know,
0: stone fruits are great. You you know, know what's really funny is when you press peaches, the juice... Is so different than the raw peach, mm-hmm. and if you do that, like if you taste the peach itself, and then you taste the juice, a freshly pes- fresh peach juice, which I I had the luxury of doing, uh, working with Dan McConnell uh, from McConnell Farms down in Hendersonville, he has this great press, and and, and he pressed uh, our program some some fresh peach juice that was just unbelievable. It mm-hmm. was dynamite. We turned it into wine, then we turned it into brandy, but that juice itself was so different from the actual peach. Yeah. And so trying to capture that in some of these, you know, there's a lot of really amazing fruits, but there are a lot of really artificial flavors associated with those fruits. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Like banana Laffy Taffy is a flavor, but that's really (laughs) not what a banana tastes like. Let's be honest. No, no. (laughs) There's maybe, there's a component of the smell of that in a banana, but like some of these... Uh, you know, when you, you look at our, our youths, which was like a couple years ago, right, when we were young and growing up and eating candy mm-hmm. or enjoying something like that, those flavors are, are hard to kind of we, – we associate like Kool-Aid. And, and, you know, these there's some artificial drinks that, you know, we probably experienced uh, maybe – not that long ago, but that's a hard thing to replicate the fresh flavor of some of these fruits. There's a yeah. lot of great extract companies out there uh, that are making some really amazing flavors to work with a lot of folks in this industry.
1: Yeah. And if you've got that, you know, like I said, if you've got that neutral base, that is really, then it just, consistency, lays a, consistency. I love yeah. it. Consistently. Yes. There's,
0: there's nothing more frustrating. And that's, it gets back to filtrate, like filtering, even a hazy. I mean, just having the same, the same, Sensory experience, the same... When I say sensory experience, I'm not just talking about the flavor and taste. We, Everyone that's listening drinks with their eyes. Yeah. You drink with your ears and eyes before it ever touches your lips. Mm-hmm. Just opening a can of beer that can actually create a Pavlovian response in some... <laughs> I mean, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm totally not drooling right now. Just even saying it, but like, that Pavlovian response—like you can touch the can, it's cool. You're pouring it into a glass. You're hearing the bubbles. Yeah. You're you 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 have already made preconceived notions by just reading the label and understanding the style of product. Yeah. And so you're you have expectations at that point as you're educated about beverages. So it's interesting to see uh, that consistency is so important. There's nothing that drives me more crazy. Then, when I find and discover a product I enjoy, and then the next go around, the next six pack, the next bottle, the next experience I have with it tastes different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and then, yeah. And that's, and a lot of that's just, you know, like I said, you got the consistency. The other thing we think about is it, it's, you know, shelf life stability. Stability. I mean, that's huge. I mean, yes. it's just, it's, you know, like I said, if, if it's, if you've got all the control and it's just on site and all that, and if, if it's beer and it's going into a keg or whatever, you can get away with it. But once you start packaging and once you start you all of a sudden that is left your facility. You don't have control necessarily over the temperature. You don't have control over when it's going to be consumed. You lose all of these you know, and so yeah, you need to have that, that peace of mind and start thinking, yes, I mean I can get better stability, I can get better shelf life, I can get, you know, maintain that, you know, better freshness even because yeah. I've removed components that would just basically aren't gonna to start to turn on me. Yeah. After it, a
0: few months. It, and you know, most beer is meant to be drank within A couple weeks, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, IPAs degrade very, very quickly in the can or bottle on the shelf, even if they're kept cold. You want those fresh aromatic compounds. Drink beer fresh. Yep. There's really, just drink wine fresh. Mm -hmm. You know, when it leaves the winery, the winemaker is saying, hey, it's ready. Enjoy it. And there's not that many wines that need to be sat around for that long. Um, But we're going to sit around and we're going to finish our cocktails. And I can't thank you enough uh, for stopping by today uh thank you this was super educational and i hope uh, a bunch of folks got out of it again how can they get a hold of you or uh, or Phil trucks? so i uh, said stephen Daniels with Trucks.
1: um just you know go to our website www.philtrox.com you'll be able to get in touch with me and yeah whatever and, whatever your filtration task is I'm, he, I'm happy just to talk about it and, you know
0: with your background with wine understanding beer and process and production uh a go-to guy for for filtration needs i mean and think consistency folks don't mm. just think that it is removing stuff. Um, well, it is, but, it, but there's there's more to it than that. And you can help them, uh, guide them on that consistency journey. So I appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, even, uh,
1: even when we've tested it with, with hops, a lot of folks say, oh, so it's removing. It's, you know, depth media, when used correctly, should not have an impact on those desirable hop aromas. Yeah, so which is amazing. You start thinking yeah. about it. it. It just, you know, some folks just don't realize that. You got to use
0: you know. the right stuff. Yep know how to do it and that's the thing too if you're not if you haven't been trained uh, certainly you guys are there to help as well yep as as we are at the craft beverage Institute of the southeast so uh, thanks once again and uh, we'll talk to you next time uh, listen laugh learn cheers take care.